What was the name of this band? Uh, Morphine. <laughs> Morphine. Mm-hmm. Have they been around for a while? They were around for a while in the nineties. Uh, it's a, he. Mark Salmon's the front man. He, it, uh, it's just like a two-string slide bass, but he uh, he just died in the middle of a show, like at, oh, in damn. Like a festival in France. He just just on stage this year. No, no, no. Like at I think early two thousands, two thousand four, maybe oh, late nineties. Wow. I just assume every death or, happened this year. Yeah, <laughs> was right. Like, was like, COVID killed him, huh? Yeah, yeah he was spared uh, by COVID. Oh man. Well, that's a bummer, but his music lives on. His music lives on. It was a hell of a, a, a hell of an intro song. Hi, and welcome to the... Harder Brunch. Nope, I did it again. Hi, I'm so excited for the after brunch, and I'm trying to... I'm trying to <laughs> the cart before the horse. Hi, and welcome to the Harder Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. And with me, a uh, very special co-host today, uh, the most professional podcaster, Bridget Haran. What's up, guys? And then a producer, the sauce boss of Indianapolis... Maybe not for long. Uh, Zach Round. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yep. Discovered. Wait, what, why is that? Uh, I don't know. There's people coming up. Uh-huh. Oh, people coming oh, yeah. up on the scene. <laughs> uh-huh. Like today's guest, Luke Basil from Two Headed Dog Hot Sauce. Yep, yeah, how's it Ooh. going? Hey, welcome to the program. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I am well. I'm well, this is a fun, exciting thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're getting the studio audience. That's really good. We're walking bit by bit. didn't realize it was <laughs> So uh, normally uh, this is co-hosted by Chris King. Chris King was uh, unfortunately in a terrible car accident. So he's in the ICU right now. Um, thoughts and prayers to Chris King and his family mm-hmm. during these troubling times. But uh, Bridget uh, has stepped up and uh, decided to join us. So thank I, you for I that. I do what I can. I do what I can. Thank you. And it's, you know, our numbers always go up when you come on the show. Do they really? Yeah, just a little bit. It just, uh, <laughs> just, just Then they immediately go back down, but it's like... It seems a, a it's, it seems that women seem to enjoy you more than the, the other co-hosts. You know what? I can't reason. imagine why. <laughs> Chris uh, never says things that are disrespectful to women. <laughs> uh, I'm of course kidding. Chris King is uh, <laughs> he's he's on vacation. Yeah. I'm sure disrespecting. We're not kidding about the disrespect. Yeah, I'm sure part, disrespecting that is women <laughs> on vacation. Yeah. But. Just not an ICU, not, not harassing nurses somewhere. Uh, so uh, it is Black History Month, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to do something um, fun. So we, we decided to do, Bridget and I talked about um, doing a menu that was inspired um, by famous black chefs. And normally we do a bit called, uh, what do you think we just ate? Where Chris King uh, bumbles through the menu of what we just ate. <laughs> Uh, I didn't want to do that for these black chefs in Black History Month because yeah. it's usually him just making fun of the food. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to have a little, a little bit more uh, honest description of what happened. But uh, in researching this, is, uh, a lot of it was very interesting. Some of it was kind of a bummer. Uh, so it's like the first chef that we had. Uh, and I guess it's the, it, a lot of it uh, involves the complicated nature of um, slavery mm-hmm. and the history of the United States. Um, but the first chef we had... Uh, Welcome to our comedy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Basil, can you explain slavery in five, five paragraphs or less? Go. So just, the ICU just, that goes yeah, right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, trying to make everyone uncomfortable. Uh, James, Hennings, uh, James Hennings was the first American chef 
to ever get trained as a French chef. And he was also Thomas Jefferson's slave. Uh, so talk about that complicated history. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets sent over to France. Um, they were, uh, I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with him. So like reading these different articles and they were like, um, what, what they call it at the time uh, at the time he was alive to be a black man in America. And it was like to be able to read, to be able to write, to be able to know what time it is, how to board a train, stuff like that. And to know the city that you lived in, like it was unheard of. Uh, so he goes to France and he trains under the best of the best. A lot. He brings us all back to America. A lot of stuff that uh, traditionally up until the last few recent years had been basically um, put on as Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson brought this back from mm-hmm. France. Well, he kind of did. He sent his slave boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so then James uh, basically trains his uh, uh, United States uh, culinary team on how to prepare all these dishes and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I thought it was very interesting that you could be kind of on the one hand at the upper echelon of yeah. a field, like culinary field, like being trained by the best of the best in France. Mm-hmm. Also learning French. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then the flip side, just like not get any of the recognition for that. Yeah. And then it was like at the end, it was like uh, he went to Thomas Jefferson. It was just like, hey, we've, we've done it all, man. You mm-hmm. could, would it be cool if I get some of that freedom? And Thomas Jefferson's like, nah. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, but so good. So he had a dish called snow eggs, and I didn't read the entire recipe and didn't realize that we were doing a dessert. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a breakfasty uh, dessert, but it was really because uh, it said eggs. Because it you said were, eggs, and then so I went no it. further. <laughs> I read his entire biography, yeah. so I was very into. You that. have a lot of history on him for not knowing at all what the dish was that you prepared. <laughs> D- didn't read two words of the, of the recipe. <laughs> was that dessert so, too? Was that yeah, the dessert part two, also mm-hmm. known as dessert part two, electric boogaloo. <laughs> so he was the first that you put at the last of the menu. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Just. just mm-hmm. I mean, he can't mm-hmm. win. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> he cannot catch a break. Uh. But it was basically a, a cream on gla- uh, or a, a poached meringue on top of a cream on glaze. Is that right, Bridget? Cream on glaze. Pastry chef. Pastry and chef. French speaker. I walked in and I said, "I need your help." And I was like, "I just got here. What could possibly?" And he was like, "I don't know. It's this this not dessert that you need a dessert sauce for." That was the first point that I was like, "This is a dessert." Because he was like, "We're making creme anglaise," and I was like, "Creme anglaise is like the base for ice cream, like vanilla ice cream. The custard that you use for it is a creme anglaise." And I was like, it's weird. I've never heard it in like a savory way before. It's because it's not. It's because it's not, as it turns out. I thought it was just going to be like a sweet poached egg. It was good. It was cool. It was. Um, who else I got on here? So. <laughs> uh, I like that we're starting from the end. That's untraditional. Mar- 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 <laughs> Mariah Russell was the. Oh, here's a trivia question. Mariah Russell, <laughs> first black woman to earn a Michelin star. Michelin True. stars have been around. He's like, I don't know where we're going with this episode. Uh, not, really, not really a question, but okay. The Michelin star system was invented in 1926. When do you think the first black woman got a Michelin star? Jesus Christ. Wait, was what year? 1926? 26. I'm sure to guess not 1926. Uh, 2007. Three, 2003. 2019. Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> uh, I hate it here. <laughs> she uh, also, yeah, so she got nominated for Best New Restaurant. Um, and then her dish that, um, 
So also, her dish did not have like necessarily a recipe. So I really went, but by just inspiration, of what it looked like. Her dish was the uh, it did have pork belly, mm-hmm. where I just went with um, just random pork pieces. Okay, but it was uh, it was basically uh, pork over rice with uh, soft boiled egg, and then the mushrooms. I feel like you did this uh, groundbreaking. Well, female chef uh, justice in the way you just described that. Yeah. I just kind of threw it together. I feel like I feel like as a man, I could probably make it just as well as she could. Look, I, dude, I barely tried it. I was like, she would do it. Boom. Michelin Perfect. star. Michelin star. Just right there. I don't know why it took you so long, lady. You gotta wait a hundred years. No, um, that's why I definitely said inspired by because um, I have no idea what she did to get this amazing dish together. But in my recre- my recreation was. You know, just a tribute. It was just a tribute, that's all. That's just like a recipe. You're just like, I don't know. Did you get the, the Spark Notes cookbook? <laughs> Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Uh, tried, uh, you know, tried my best. But uh, I'm definitely going to follow her and tag her on Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure she feels respected. Yeah. Just to know that she can make fun of make fun of the dish. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. It's not always like this in here, Luke. This is a special. It's almost always like this, actually. (laughs) Uh, Nina Compton. uh, She is a James Beard Award winner, which in the culinary world is like our Oscars. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like our Emmys. The the, Um, the Tonys of the kitchen. Tonys. That was the roast uh, chicken thigh dish with the lime and that was so good that was great all that now i will give her more credit on that one because she did give me a recipe to work with <laughs> that's so. good uh I definitely- good, good 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 <laughs> uh um rodney scott was uh the he, he's a barbecue guy and i just did his barbecue greens but he's uh, also a james beard award winner which i think probably one of the first uh barbecue pit masters to get a, a james beard award mm-hmm. um and then the cornbread was. Do you remember uh, Kalis? Kalis, my milkshake brings all the boys to yeah. the yard. Mm. Yeah, she studied at the Cordon Bleu. Oh damn! And um, <laughs> she is a uh, chef uh, now. She's doing really cool stuff. She like has like a farm that she like donates a bunch. It's and she's like that one hit. She really did a lot with it. Yeah. Well, she had Bossy too. Yeah. Don't sleep on Bossy. I mean, that's how she got the milkshake song. because she has a culinary degree. So. I, That's how yeah, she makes the best milkshake. I got the whole recipe together, and then I saw that she did actually have a recipe for an awesome milkshake, and then I was just like, ah, I but I didn't want to wow, do triple dessert. I didn't want really? to do two desserts. So, but at that point, you didn't know it was yeah. going to be two desserts. Yeah. So it just been one. He's like, "This is my savory milkshake. It's <laughs> definitely an entree." Welcome to famous black desserts. Uh, <laughs> you passed up milkshake Ooh. though. What you passed up milkshake though? I'm kind of disappointed in that. I mean, we can always make it again. Yeah. We don't, it doesn't true. have to be a black celebration. Yeah, wait a year. To, 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 to use, you know, yeah, black, black, black chefs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll have you kind of desserts. Of course. Luke, you are, and I, I feel like, I don't know. I, Do I know you, you want to hear about mine or no? You just, oh, you just God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's... <laughs> So that's the thing that happened. I did see. He's like, I already talked about dessert, so like, we'll go ahead and get <laughs> yeah. I feel like we got all the bases covered here. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bridget. What did you do for Black History Month? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see your homework. Uh, 
I, I mostly upset because you literally were like, hey, just make a dessert, like something, you know, inspired. And I was like, okay. And so uh, Avenel James is a black pastry chef. And so when I graduated from high school is kind of when she was starting out. And she's a big reason that, like, I wanted to go to Johnson & Wales instead of uh, – the Art Institute, which is what I, you know, I was poor, so I went to the Art Institute. But uh, she's a really amazing pastry chef. She works for hotels and kind of hospitality groups. And uh, she was saying that of all, like, the desserts she loves to make, she likes peach cobbler. So I went with peach cobbler. Uh, it looked good. I didn't get a chance to eat. I didn't get a chance to eat anything <laughs> today. I took one bite You're of greens. You're killing it today. I took one <laughs> bite of You're greens. crushing it. It's been a long weekend. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think Zane called it uh, dessert stuffing. Dessert stuffing. Dessert stuffing. Yeah, he said, I thought this was stuffing. And I was like, what? Okay. Well, it, it was <laughs> pro- probably confused by the uh, overall amount of desserts. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, we already had the the one dessert, so I guess it's, yeah. That has to be savory. <laughs> the kind of the crunch crumble on the top was stepped up. Thanks. Now, it's like, a good one. We, we brought you on here to talk about your uh, amazing hot sauce company, but before we get into that, I know you through stand-up comedy. Yeah. Like we we have guests on that are comedians, and we have guests on that are um, entrepreneurs and doing stuff in the food service industry. And you kind of straddle straddle both those worlds. I'm not quite either. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a toe on each foot, dipped in each each. Uh, Jack of all outlet. trades, master yeah. of none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I um, you know I I don't know that I've uh, officially. Uh, Handed in my comedy resignation, although I have certainly done less. Mm-hmm. I'd wrap it a few weeks ago, but that's been the first time I've done anything in, uh, yes, in pre COVID, really. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, COVID was, uh, what's the kibosh on a lot of people's, uh, <laughs> comedy, dreams. Comedy dreams. Um, but so you were the first place, you hosted the mic, my first open mic, uh, which used to be at the Broken Beaker. Yeah. And, um, I feel like it was a nice little set, like an amp. Just on the floor, yeah, and uh, a microphone. Yeah, I think we had, you know, that was cool. The I forget there, there were. I think they went through a handful of bartenders, but one of the bartenders that was there for like the last six months when we were there, her boyfriend just kept like a giant, uh, just like a gigantic amp in the back, kind of uh, distillery area. So that was <laughs> good. Continue to yeah. jam out. Yeah, just, right. Just already had it. Just got to take a break from making rum or gin. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a that was a. A fun experience, the Broken Beaker mic. That was, um, you were not only a great host, but very um, welcoming to new uh, comics, which if you're in comedy at all or you have two ears, uh, you can know that open mics can be awful. Uh, They usually are, and they can be a strain to sit through. And as someone who's now run some open mics, I, I know it can be definitely a thankless job, but you had a very welcoming attitude to new people you know and um, when we started doing our mic after broken beaker closed down um i was like i just really want to have that same attitude to, to people because like, you kind of displayed this like i don't know just a hey you know if you didn't get it you get it next time but like i appreciate you coming out you know thanks dude <laughs> and uh yeah so we we tried to uh we try to, you know, in, in, embolden. In, in, I don't know. My brain doesn't work without alcohol. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that Jesus Christ. Embody? Um, embody, that's it. There it is. We try there to it is. Embody the Luke Basil spirit. Or um, embolden it. Embolden. We try to embiggen the hearts of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so... 
Uh, you're also a longtime service industry person. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you doing? Bartending? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've been at, um, I guess I've done a handful of things over the past eight years, but I've been at Union Jack consistently the whole time for some of that time. Um, so I usually, yeah, kind of day bar manage serve. I'm usually the only front of house person there during the day. Nice. And then Saturday and Sunday do brunch. So where, where does the inspiration for doing the, the hot sauce come in? You know, this is this is nothing to do with what I went to school with. But I remember junior year of college, that was my plan for when I graduated. I was doing art history, and I knew I wasn't going to do anything with art history. Uh, I can imagine why that feels like a really profitable career to have, art right, history. Right, right. You can <laughs> either go really to teaching or, you know, be a curator. <laughs> if you want to go get a PhD, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know where that it came from exactly. Like, but my mom cooked a lot growing up. Like, she'd make, like... I mean, like, every night of the week, it'd be like, oh, we're doing couscous and cream spinach and whatever. Like, she worked with, she has a business placing students in international, or international students in homestays here in the U.S., mm-hmm. so we always had a bunch of different people staying with us from different countries. It was a cool thing growing That's up. That's so, really cool. Yeah, there was a big food influence from being a kid, and yeah, I just, uh, you know, I always had a hot sauce thing in my, like, early 20s, and I was going to start a, had a plan to start a company then. It just never really happened, and then when I was living with... Megan, like five years ago, I started doing a bunch of different, you know, experimenting with different batches, mm. and most of that was cooking, like on the stove. But that's when I started doing fermentation a little bit, and then I got more into doing that about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, so it's you know, it's it's in its uh, kind of early stages still now, but a fun little side project. They were so good, and it's like kind of unique flavor. The one with the sweet potato and the habanero is like it's so good. It was super hot, but you get a little bit of that sweetness. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I put it on to... the cornbread. Oh yeah, that's good. And this is still pretty new. Like you, you're you're not in stores or on on shelves yet, right? I'm not. I um, I the for the LLC in the end of November, um, and I kind of started um. You know, I'd had the a uh, friend of mine, uh, Bobby, suggested Nevada Buckley to do the art for it. She she does. Um, she works at. Um, oh no, this is gonna be terrible. I'm trying to plug it at the river somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my no, world, Noblesville. Uh, she does tattoos someplace in Noblesville. Maybe fly mm-hmm. or fly. Maybe that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's probably fuck. Let's call it that. Um. Uh. Anyway, so she did an awesome job on the art, and then I kind of, um, you know, I had a few batches. That I had started that worked out all right. And then I've been kind of, I've kind of just been running it kind of like <laughs> breweries do with beers where they're just like, all right, we'll do these. And then just doing one offs and mm, like small you know, batch kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and stuff with it. So um, these two, I think these are the fourth batch, the two bottles I brought over. I think it's the fourth batch of those, um, of each of those that I've done. And then I don't know that I've done more than two of any of the other batches. So it'll kind of start back up again here. Shortly. What was the green one? The two-headed smog? Is that what? Yeah, that the smog. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I smoked, uh, smoked some pineapple, smoked jalapeno. Um, I put in dates and carrots for sweetener. Uh, that one was fun. That was. I think that's the only one I've used apple cider vinegar with instead of distilled white vinegar. Um, but it just you know had a fun little zip to it. Yeah, it's it was still in our fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Where did you get the inspiration for the name? Like, obviously, like three-headed dog Cerberus kind of thing, but yeah. So, um, you know, that was because uh, it's catchy. It like draws your attention for sure. Yeah, there's so uh, there's a Rocky Erickson song called Two-Headed Dog" mm-hmm. that um, I was checking out one day a few years ago, and it's there was this Russian, I mean, surgeon, I guess, kind of mad scientist thing um, 
Vladimir Dimikov, who was doing these experiments, I think in the 40s, with like, um, like attaching the head of a dog to another dog, and it made a living dog. <laughs> okay, so Peter's not going to like this episode. <laughs> not okay. Like this, right. okay, okay. Um, <laughs> good, good, good. Well, I feel like there's just kind of a, um, you know, uh, dark masochistic element to hot sauce a little bit, just kind yeah. of a, like a recreational light one. But anyway, that just the kind of idea of uh, weird experimentation and stuff I found yeah. um, intriguing. I feel like that's cool too, especially with like kind of what you're doing with the small batch ideas. Like it is very much like playing with flavors. And I think that's what it's like. That's what I've always loved about cooking. Yeah. It's like you play around with it and it's like some of them are not winners. And yeah. then some, it's like when you get something really good, you're like, fuck yes, I got it. Yeah. It's exciting. I had a uh, two-headed cat when I was a kid, like in a jar of formaldehyde. <laughs> and I'm like... Uh, my gra- my grandma my grandma worked for the she did animal testing and she uh, and then my uh, mom worked in an emergency clinic f- for animals and so they were all like my grandma would bring in like like a rat skeleton that was encased in you know like for display and all this crazy stuff and then my mom I guess uh, had they had some uh, emergency cat surgery or it was a birth and then she gave birth to this kitten and it just. You know, it like lived for a minute and then died, but it had two heads. It did have two heads. Yeah, like two completely separate, distinct heads. And they just dropped it in the jar of formaldehyde, and then she brought it home. And I was really little, so they just, she didn't want to disturb me, so she hid it. And I remember one day I was like... Oh, that's way less scary to just stumble upon it. One day I was... I I remember vividly I was sitting at the, the kitchen counter eating like cereal about to go to school and we had this like uh buffet um you know and like one of the doors had popped open on the bottom and i just saw this this it's like a, a glass when coffee used to come in glass jars mm-hmm. it was a glass jar with some sort of hideous creature inside <laughs> of it and i just was like mom yeah, she was like oh don't worry it's just this dead two-headed cat that yeah. we keep in the <laughs> that we just kept just for for show and then i was like after i got over being scared of it i was like can i take that in for show and tell Dude, I murdered Show and Tell for like, oh, for like <laughs> six years straight. They probably just can't. Show and Tell's done. Yeah, and I just I would just run it back every year. Just like I, I already got this. I got yeah. this in the bag. What do you got? You got some GI Joes? Cool. Ninja Turtles? Yeah, I've seen that before. What you ever? You never seen? Do it a cat in a jar? Oh man, yeah. that's insane. I didn't know it was a man. I've got a fucking hot sauce. Your grandmother would love them. <laughs> <laughs> just Dude, s- slight notes of formaldehyde. <laughs> there's like cat people and dog people. Is more yeah. of a, there's like a two-headed dog. Your grandmother's more of a two-headed cat person. She's more of a two-headed cat. She wouldn't cat like the sauce so much. Do you still have that cat? So when I was in my twenties, my younger stepbrother knocked it off of a shelf, and you can imagine it didn't smell great. But then they just put it in another jar full of water. But it had been pickled in formaldehyde for like, you know, 15 years or so. But yeah, I don't know. I think they finally got rid of it. But it was was fun because no one ever believes you, especially when you're a dumb kid. You go, I have a two-headed cat. They're like, yeah, right. Yeah. And then you bring one in. and like, no, I seriously have a two-headed cat. They're expecting it to be alive, probably. And then you just put this jar on the (laughs) counter. (laughs) Look at this. What do you got? A real Ripley's Believe It or Not situation. Jesus. Did you have any weird uh, things pets, like that growing weird up? Weird pets growing up? What, like weird? Or dead, uh, dead things <laughs> you kept just, for fun? Uh, God. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's... Um, not really. Not anything that would compare to having a two-headed animal. That's a pretty, that's pretty unique. I had, I had a 
some teeth come in when I was a kid in the same route. That was pretty... Oh, shit, like shark teeth. Yeah, yeah. So it was like these two that were fused together and kind of split out like a heart at the top. Oh. Um, that's the only thing I got that's even kind of... Was it painful? No. no? I just thought it was normal, and it, uh, it isn't. It has, no it as it turns out, not normal. We're not gonna, okay. We're going to fix that up for you. My brother lost his baby tooth. Adult tooth grew in. That tooth fell out, and then another tooth grew in. <laughs> I was like, that is not how it's supposed to happen. Right. He's got three rows. Yeah. Have you like, guys Shit. seen the uh, x-ray? I feel like I bring this up more than once, but like the x-ray of like and a yeah, child. Yeah, we've never heard this cat story. This Have is you, what I'm saying. You tell the same stories a lot, and yet this is the first I'm hearing about okay. this double-headed cat. There, it's like the, the x-ray of a child's skull. And it's like they, so they have all their adult teeth up up here in their jaw, just waiting to descend. <laughs> and they just look like a, a tooth monster. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> It's horrifying. Are you bringing some up? Yeah. Oh, well, this no. is x-ray. If you could find... The x-rays are pretty good. <laughs> this looks like a bunch of oh, rows and rows no. of... That is, it looks like teeth. the mushrooms on, that you put on top of the... Uh, it, oh, my God. It looks exactly like that. That was actually baby teeth on top of that <laughs> yeah, dish. That was, baby uh, teeth for garnish on this dish. <laughs> yeah. This is like, send that monster back to hell. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's great. That's just oh, wait, a six-year-old. That's my child. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's terrifying. That is super creepy looking. Added to reasons not to have kids. No offense, Zach. There was this, I, um, uh, this guy, I think Edward Mordrake was his name. He was in, I think they featured him in a season of American Horror Story. Um, but Tom Waits had a song about him, and he's got, he supposedly was born, I think, in the 1800s with a, like a face on the back of his head. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard of that. Is that real? I, um, supposedly. Supposedly he could hear the bass. Uh, no. Could, I don't know. I think it was just like a dead like a dead twin. Oh god, there it is. Ah! Edward Mordrake. <gasps> oh no. But it's I, like Voldemort. But I think the, I think the, the other I think the face Coral was I no, like, it no, was dead. He, it didn't really talk. I think he just said it like to creep people out, but I think it was uh Wow. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he probably liked it either. Oh, not, not very body positive, are we? It's really <laughs> not. I really shut it down, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. You just throw a yamaka over that. You'd have, yeah. you to go. Yeah. You'd have to have a ponytail. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah, huh. that would have definitely that would have trumped my uh, <laughs> two headed cat. What is that? <laughs> All right, now we're just no. looking at okay. birth performances. <laughs> How many babies can grow on the top of my baby's head? <laughs> That's a lot. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Apparently a lot. Apparently Actually, a lot. That, that does sound like a good place to take a break. Zach. The, yes. <laughs> oh, man, we've come a long way from uh, Black History Month to birth deformities here on the Brunch Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
I'm gonna guess that's also from the '90s. It's not actually. It's ah. from the past five years. I think. <laughs> oh, I like man. that. It had a very like female like vibe from the '90s. I liked it. Yeah, it's got the it's got the like the nice little '90s angst sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that one called? Uh, remember sports? The name of the band? I'm about to say nope. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, like, I actually don't know anything about sports, but <laughs> not a not a damn thing. <laughs> Hi and welcome back to the Harder Brush Podcast. <laughs> Uh, so I gotta ask you this because I feel like I ask everyone who makes hot products. You, you burned your uh, burned any sensitive areas while making uh, um, while making hot sauce on on me or on others. The names, yeah. yes, yeah. The names are, yeah. <laughs> Either way, um, across the board. I, I tend to be, in, you know, honestly, the first time I was, um, I haven't in a while. I mean, now I always uh, my work gloves and everything anymore. But I've certainly. Uh, even things I think in the beginning when I didn't things I don't think of as being like incredibly hot like Serrano's or whatever mm-hmm. those I would just cut a bunch and not wear gloves and just even my hands would just burn for oh, like two yeah. days I remember when I was at Tinker it was like grabbing like the day after I'd done it really bad and I was like grabbing hot plates from the dish tank to like bring up to the line again and just oh man it just burned all shift it burned for days <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I'm very cautious about that now but yes I have I uh I remember the first time I tried uh, it was like a habanero uh, extract, and this was like back in the day. Like it came in like it was a lot of like novelty to it, but it was like you bought it in a medicine dropper, and it you had to like sign a waiver to get it. And like we just bought it. We're we're gonna make a big batch of hot sauce, and um, I remember we like both tipped like t- like a toothpick to our tongue. And it burnt just like a furnace for 45 minutes. And I was just like, this is awful. Like, why would anybody <laughs> yeah. ever? It was like, it was no flavor. It was no fun. It was just pain. Yeah. But then, like, it would move around and, like, your mouth would be burning. And then you, like, rub it on your lip. And then your lips are burning. And, like, different things are burning for different amounts of time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I definitely touched my penis that day later on. <laughs> and then that was that was burning. Yeah, and it's a very delicate thing to do when your penis has got a hot sauce burn. Because I just had to take out like a wet paper towel and wrap it around. Does that work? Does that yeah, help? Yeah, it does. What's happening? Apparently, you're supposed to splash milk on it, Zach. I got you. Apparently, you just like said, it and you're like, well, of course, I touch my penis later. <laughs> <So> Naturally, dunking <laughs> <laughs> my dick into a glass of milk for the night and uh... just just dunk it. What are you oh, supposed to oh, do, Zach? Dunkaroo. Oh no! I was you. You you got there before. I <laughs> have you have you had a similar burn? No, absolutely, absolutely. No, I had I had done it to somebody else, and uh, on purpose. When, I feel that. Well, it was one of those things where you know you were like I was working at night. We were making the hot sauce or whatever. I think I worked at the taco shop in uh, uh, Fountain Square uh, Revolution, mm. and. Uh, yeah, you just didn't you think, think you worked there? No, I did work there. Okay. I think it was there that <laughs> okay. I did this. And then, uh, you know, that that night I was messing around with somebody, and uh, they got up abruptly and went to the bathroom. And it was like it was like, oh, oh, I know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. God, she must be like terrified <laughs> about like. And it was like, hey, listen, it's not you know. <laughs> it's okay, like, if nobody like tells you, and they're just like. My crotch is burning. Why is my crotch burning? Like, what is happening? You're just like, oh my god, he gave me something. Like, it's, it's, it's only bad conclusions. Nobody's yeah. like, you know what? He's probably got an innocent explanation for this burning. Yeah, I'm gonna laugh about this later. So no, that's yeah. I, I, but I, I agree. I think everybody's played that game yeah. to some extent. I at one point maybe this is not a flattering story for me, but um, so I, at one point I had a, a boyfriend who cheated on me. 
And when I found out, I was like, we had like makeup sex. And I was like cooking tacos that night. And I literally just didn't wash my hands on purpose. And <laughs> then, I yeah. touched, then I touched his penis. <laughs> oh. And then I just let it go. Just let it mm. run its course. And then I broke up with him. So it was good. Wow. It's a good story. Yeah, I made a revenge crack earlier. There's like a there's a real story about it. There's a real <laughs> I can do all things through spice. It's foreshadowing. I uh I used to work in this kitchen and I was like one of my first kitchen manager jobs and I was also dating a girl who was cheating on her boyfriend with me. And, uh, Same story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both there at the table, everybody. And uh, one day I, I got a, an itch. I had a bad itch. And I was very concerned. And I went to the doctor. And I was just like, I've only been hooking up with this one person. And I was She's just like, up with this other person. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously. I was like, just give it to me straight, doc. Just give it to me straight. Like, and, and she was just like, like looking at my junk, you know, and she's just like, ah, yeah, you have. And then she says some big long Latin word. And I was like, oh, God. I was like, how long do I have to live? <laughs> she was like, it's uh, commonly referred to as jock itch. And I was like, that dirty bitch gave me jock itch? <laughs> they're like, actually, no. They're like, do you work in like a hot, sweaty environment? I was like, yeah. I work in a hot hellhole of a kitchen. She goes, yeah, you just need to put some baby powder down there. And yeah. you'll, be, you'll be just it's fine. It's actually not her fault at <laughs> no, all. Uh, not at all. A jock itch you're responsible for. <laughs> I was at a clinic and uh, getting a test or whatever. I'm so and, glad uh, you came on this episode. I, absolutely <laughs> I witnessed one of the other people waiting for their results holler at the nurse when she came in to, you know, fill the little pamphlets that talk to, talk to you about what to do with your new disease. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what, what are you doing after work? <laughs> and that's, and that's game right she there. gave him way more attention than i even thought was it wasn't even just like mm-hmm, walked away he's like yeah. oh, i'll talk to you for a second i don't think he was successful but i mean i just thought can you imagine t- to have that amount of confidence <laughs> yeah. to be framed like that like, and hey, be like, i still got something to offer <laughs> i'm getting this taken care of today so after yeah. that yeah. i'm gonna I'm be good, good, to good cleared to play ball it had to be one of the like lesser ones then you know like i don't see anyone doing that with like aids you're not going to be like, hey, what are you doing later? <laughs> Maybe you just have that confidence. You have that confidence. <laughs> I, mean, to be fair, I don't see anybody doing that ever. Yeah. So yeah. the whole thing blew my mind. That's shocking. Like, I wouldn't be like, well, I mean, it makes sense if he's only got gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> People who shoot their shot like in random situations, I will never understand. Yeah. People just are out there just shooting their shots all the time, no matter where you are. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, oh, yeah, I have a... I have, a, I have a hot sauce story about burning somebody else in a in a non sexual way. An that's anecdote. a yeah, that's a, a favorite. No, when I man, I, I used to have this. This was like in my He's early twenties. Like, Let's 20s. get away from the venereal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know. We could my mom's listening. So much. <laughs> but I had to. Uh, and two headed cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it had this, some kind of uh, ghost pepper sauce. It was like a decade ago. I had a friend coming over, and we just we'd made this. Uh, we'd made frozen pizza. And I was like, oh, dude, I know he's going to have some. So I, you know how you like you lift up the pepperonis and they have like the divots, the mm-hmm. cheese divots under? So I filled all those with ghost pepper sauce and put the pepperonis back on. And then he came over and got some sriracha and like put it on the pizza. And he was, he started eating it. He was like, oh my God, the sriracha is so much hotter than I thought it was going to be. And my sink was fucked up at the time. So the cold was hot and the hot was cold. Oh, so he's God. just standing over the sink drinking glass after glass of hot water to try to get rid of the oh my God. ghost pepper burn. You're a, you're a monster. Yeah, I'm a real dick friend. Oh, you've yeah. never done that at work? Like, like a server who's like kind of snarky will be like, hey, will you make me some food? And you're just like, 
you know what? I will make you some food. You're welcome. You make him a grilled cheese with just some pickled habaneros or something on there. I can't. I can't fuck with people's food like that. I like so because give it to a paying customer. Because <laughs> it's because like I know I would be so enraged if someone ever did that to me. Like I think the worst thing that I've ever done, and this is way before I was a professional culinarian. Um, I <laughs> when I was like. 20 i got contracted to work at the cisco uh like food fair for their like for like all their vendors or whatever and my job was just like i was just cooking off steak cooking off filet mignon for like eight hours for this thing and uh at the time i was a vegetarian so i didn't eat it but then they were like hey do you want like we got all this extra steak and i was like i'll take it home and then i was just cooking steak out for all my friends and i like i don't know seven let's say seven and there was seven people over there, and I was cooking one, and uh, the last one just fell directly on like our like bro like apartment carpet. <laughs> we definitely had a dog, and I was just like, uh, "There's no extra," so I just <laughs> I just ran under some water and like brushed it off as good as I can. I threw it back on the grill for a second, and then gave it to this girl Lisa. And like remembers her name. <laughs> just called her out right here. <laughs> Lisa, Maybe. I'm so sorry if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that like she uh, she ate the whole thing, and then I was like, "How how was the steak?" And she was like, "Oh my god, steak. it was so great." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, good because it fell on the floor." I just wanted to make sure that like, I, I had to tell her I couldn't. After I, I she her. ate the whole thing. Yeah, the the worst thing I've ever done. It's no longer a good deed if you tell her yeah. then. Like that doesn't then turn it, just, it into a good a deed. Prank that, yeah, it's worse. just a prank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's worse. <laughs> yeah, that's not. No. Oh, no. Like I, I I just had to be honest. Yeah. I was going to tell you after you finished the very last bite and wiped the plate clean. I think the worst thing I've done like that is I did, I, so when, like growing up, my grandma used to make a cow tongue is like, but it was like a, like a, like a treat. Like it would be like something special. It was like, oh, you graduated in the eighth grade. Cow tongue it is, you know? <laughs> and like, I loved it. Cause like, I didn't know for like, I just thought it was called tongue. I just thought mm. that was like a fun name. And then by the time I was like in eighth grade, they were like, no, it's an actual tongue from a cow. And yeah. I was like, well, it's too late. I'm already yeah, all in I'm on this. On this case. It's like not, it's not weird it. to me. It's delicious. And uh, she made it with mashed potatoes and this uh, like a pickle gravy. Mm. And so uh, I was trying to get my ex-girlfriend to eat. So, and I was just like, I told her about this cow tongue. And she, she was, wants some cow tongue with some pickle gravy. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I would eat almost anything. I, I feel like it's like I, I feel like I'm pretty open minded. I love food a lot. Like I would try things. That sounds foul. That it, sounds uh, cow tongue. I think sounds fine. Pickles good. Gravy good. All of that together sounds foul. It sounds good to me. It's amazing. <laughs> you know what? I'm making it on. I'm gonna make it for brunch someday. <laughs> Next Sunday. But uh, formaldehyde so cat and I told you. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the entree. The mm. formaldehyde cat. Uh, we serve the heads and courses. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so I told my girlfriend about this, and she was like, it's a very similar reaction to what Bridget had. That's fucking gross. And so then one time we were at my grandma's house, and I had some, and I was like, hey, try some of this meat. And she was like, what is it? And I was like, just normal meat. Yeah. <laughs> just a normal piece of uh, beef. Yeah. It's definitely beef. And she was just like, you're being real weird about it. And yeah. I was like, no, just try it. It's good. And then she ate it, and I was like, how was it? She was like, Okay, it was fine. And I was like, ha ha, it was a cow tug. And she's like, why would you do that to me? Like, this is terrible. So I feel I just, like I never again want to hear you just like, people be like, you try this meat. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I didn't like it. It's just regular know. old meat. Regular nothing, old beef. Nothing strange about it. <laughs> Calling it regular makes it sound so much worse. It yeah. irregular. It's beef, right? Yeah, regular beef. Yeah, regular. <laughs> you know, a regular kind? You know, not abnormal at all. Can't wait to put it in my mouth. Yeah. Gonna be delicious for you. <laughs> so you were, you were talking at, the, at the, the beginning about, you said you were taking, you had, Backed away from, I don't know what she said exactly about comedy. Oh, I just, you know, I haven't been doing, uh, I haven't really been doing, I started, because Union Jack, you know, after Shoofly, Union Jack took over the Monday show for um, about a month, maybe a month mm-hmm. and a half before COVID, COVID and then shut, yeah. shut everything down. Uh, then it's been a half liter since, but then, yeah, that month and a half before the pandemic, um, I'd been pretty active about writing new stuff and trying to get up at least once a week. Nice. Um, but yeah, I really haven't done, really haven't done much of it at all in the past how long, five months or so. How long actively would you say you've been doing comedy for? Actively, yeah. I mean, I would, I wouldn't even really say active the last two <laughs> years. Well, I feel like everyone gets a, everyone gets a mulligan <laughs> with like twenty twenty. You know, just yeah. like I've been doing it. Like yeah, you can't really count that as a year. Um, you know, as I um. As I as I haven't been drinking as much, I've I've it's been um, I think I spend more time away from it for that reason, just because it's such a, a drink heavy activity for me. Mm-hmm. That I think for the past couple years, that was a lot of it before COVID, um, and then yeah, and then I just I think I started getting back into it right before COVID. And you know, I think that's such a big part too of like being in the culinary industry and like the food industry, and also comedy is like it is. It's a very like drink yeah, heavy late for nights sure. like. You drink during the shows. You drink after work. Like so, I think when you're trying to not do that as much, it's like this is not a good environment yeah, for me for at sure. all. For sure, yeah, they're both industries that are just so saturated with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a big thing for me, kind of taking a step back from it uh, initially. Um, yeah. What uh, What are some of your fondest memories of doing stand-up comedy? <laughs> doing stand-up, you know, what was really fun was Chubby's in the beginning. I feel like I was so lucky to start doing it at such a... Dude, there were, I feel like there were so many shows going on that, whatever that was, four years ago or so, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty easy to go do four, like four nights a week. Because, um, well, I mean, sh- I'm trying to think back. Oh, yeah, Bent Rail was going on. Shoe Fly was going on. Chubby's was going on. I think Beaker may have been, I don't know if there was a lot of, I don't know if there's overlap between Beakers and Chubby, but like, it just seemed like there were a whole bunch of uh, opportunities to get on stage. Mm-hmm. And I think there's far fewer now. And Chubby's was in Fountain Square. Mm-hmm. It is uh, by Siam Square, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of got that uh, the sewing shop that's right on that yeah. like right before right you there. get to the overpass. I do remember yeah. that. I never went in there, but yeah, I remember seeing that. Mm-hmm. It was a cool. It was a it was a nice kind of intimate space. Um, but yeah, I think they just did, I think they just had a hard time making money. It was BYOB, so I mean they didn't make uh, anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and they and they paid zero. us for doing. They paid um, whoever hosted the. Uh, open mic, I think twenty five bucks or fifty bucks. So wow. not only were they not bringing the alcohol sales, but yeah, they were. It's not a good business plan. It wasn't really but bad. Boy, was it fucking fun for comics. <laughs> <laughs> for poor comics, yeah, go drink and get paid. And yeah, you can bring your own booze in. And, yeah, yeah. BYOB is such a better deal for comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. didn't realize that. Like, oh, I this is related, not related. I don't know. But I didn't realize that there are like cities like in Pittsburgh. I was in Pittsburgh this last year opening uh, a brutal location, 
and a lot of their restaurants are BYOB. You just bring your own booze in, and then they, like, have the food there, and they don't have to worry about, like, there's a special kind of loop uh, liquor license they have to have, but it's, like, it's not as intense as, like, having a liquor license to sell liquor, and mm. it was a lot, but it was dangerous. Yeah. I, I went to a, uh, a dry, well, it was it was a dry strip club in Georgia, <laughs> So like, so <laughs> none of the women are turned on. So, <laughs> so, so like me and my friend were driving down. This is years ago. We were driving down to visit my friend in Florida, and my girlfriend was driving down with us, and she was flying back. And so we like are driving down, and we, me and my friend both see the sign that says "All Nude Strip Club," and we both looked at each other, and without saying a word, we we're both like, "Yeah, we're hitting that on the way back." Mm-hmm. And then so we get off the road and then we get and like they had this deal there where it was like truckers got like a discount and I used to drive a ch- like a church bus like like a camp bus over the summer so I so I so I had a CDL so I, and there it is there's the camp and reference. everyone drink I technically and I technically finish your drink I technically was a trucker so I had a because I had a I had a, I had a, I had a Look, a camp counselor, look, maybe a school bus driver. No, at best. No, at look, best. if you if you have a CDL, they because that's how they check if you're a trucker or not. They look at your CDL license. Yeah, no, I get they didn't call you on it, but yeah. that doesn't make you a I trucker. Think, I don't think you need to be telling people, oh yeah, I used to be a trucker. That's absolutely false. What you were be- a camp counselor. Look, what did you move? Slash a bus driver. <laughs> Moved kids mostly. Look, <laughs> what was the discount that made that worth it? I'm gonna tell you what dri- the the <laughs> difference between getting a CDL for driving a bus and driving a truck isn't that much. Okay, it's very similar. That doesn't mean similar. you drove a truck. <laughs> Your <laughs> cargo was children. Yeah, which I would say makes me even more of a trucker because. No! Wow! Wow! No! <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, Absolutely. Is this story going somewhere? Are we back to the dry strip club now? Jesus. It just took a trafficking turn. Oh. So, so anyway, I got my trucker discount, and then um, <laughs> then I did the uh, Hong Kong side, as we all do to each other. Uh, no, but wow. so, so they had a deal. Was like, yeah, you could bring alcohol in. And then, like, I, I think they, I don't know, they taxed you for it. It was some weird thing where, like, you brought it in, you gave it to them, they put a sticker on it or something, and then you take it to your table. This is also, uh, mind you, in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. The sun is still out. Yeah. And we go in. When, when truckers go to the strip club. And beca- yeah. because, because they don't serve alcohol there, they really push the food. And they it was basically like... It was kind of like a Denny's. Imagine a Denny's if there was a sad girl walking around naked. That's what this place was like. And so I ordered like a full like, breakfast because a I grand was because I was hungry. Like, my friends both, yeah, basically got like like pancakes and moons over my hammy like the whole night. We get this whole spread and there's like there's no one out there. They also told us that like, part of part of the law in Georgia was that. The women weren't allowed to come up and ask you for a dance or ask you for money or anything. Like you had to go to them, which seems safe. Very old fashioned. Um, yeah. <laughs> you had to ask the stripper's the mom. Keep, <laughs> them, keep them quiet. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we we get the food, and like, it was the first time I ever drank a coffee in a strip club. I sit there with a coffee, and then like they like put some music on, and I just remember this. This girl, and it was like I never Especially, like those like harsh diner lights too. It's not even like good light. <laughs> <No. It's> just <laughs> the bright daylight, right. like you're in a Lowe's linoleum floors. <laughs> <laughs> 
the whole the whole selling point of us going in here was that it was a full nude strip club, which we do not have in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so I was very excited to see a nude gal in the middle of the day with my full breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they play some song drops. And I just remember this, this girl comes out. She couldn't look more upset. Like she, I mean, not, not even upset, but just like dejected. Just like, like, is this what it's coming to? And I remember they had a, a, a pole on the stage. And she just, as they do, she just put, she kind of cupped her hand around the pole and then just walked in a very slow, sad circle <laughs> around the pole and just like didn't, just kept her head down the whole time. And she was technically naked, but it was like, I felt bad for looking. Yeah. I was just like, she doesn't seem to be enjoying this. I don't know if she's, uh, what's going on. And then I also He's just, like, I prefer the women I pay for to look happy. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm eating my pancakes. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you this. Look, it ruined my whole breakfast. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> the, worst, oh the, the, no. the worst part oh. of strip club breakfast isn't actually the food. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's, it's that's the memories brunch. that last it's forever. Yes. That's an upcoming brunch, stripper breakfast. <laughs> you can serve cow tongue. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So then oh. I had to get out of the trucking game after that. <laughs> Go back to just hauling kids around. Instead of Jesus Christ. Oh, I, man. I hate it. <laughs> I can't believe you were like, so then I was a trucker. <laughs> and Doc and I looked at each other like, where is this going? And then you're like, you know, camp buses are like, oh, there it is. And there it is. <laughs> and that makes more sense, actually. That's <laughs> <clears throat> uh, like a whole period of your life we didn't know about where you're just like, that's walk, actually a trucker. <laughs> That's a great strip club story. It's a, it's honestly probably one of the better ones because they're usually not, you know. Bre- I've never had breakfast at a strip club, and uh, I don't know that I've ever met somebody that's uh, told me that story. And it's a- <laughs> um, well later. It made me sad, but that's <laughs> this, almost as yes. sad as that stripper. <laughs> Years later, I would I would go on to work at a strip club, and I still don't have any worse memories than that initial <laughs> sad, sad breakfast. Sad. Breakfast. And I saw a stripper and a house and a house mom fight in a parking lot over loose annex one time. <laughs> that was more sad for them than yeah. not oh, sad man. for me. Like, that was just comical for me. It's just fodder for my comedy. It's a bunch of sad strip club experiences. I uh, I did comedy in the strip club uh, 2019. Wow! So I saw I forget the year of the first female. Michelin star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a progressive time for women everywhere. Well, let me tell you. So I went with uh, I went with Gwen's uncle, and she Love she's her. she's very. Um, so here's the thing. I've always been sex positive. You know, I worked at a strip club before it was cool, and I was always I was always cool with sex workers, and like it was always. People like a lot of women, but it was always people telling me they were like looking down on these women. I was like, look, it's. One of the only ways that, like, a person without education... Are you saying strippers are sex workers? Is that a comparison? Yeah. Okay. They are a brand. I would say performer. I would say okay. not a sex worker. All right. They're a brand of sex worker. Okay. Continue with your I sex mean, positivity, please. Cam girls are a sex worker, and they strip on the camera. How is that different? I mean, I would still say performer. Okay. Well, they're all under the Sorry. umbrella of Continue. sex worker. Okay. Fair. And uh, but yeah, so I've always been real Thank sex. You for clarifying, I've always been real sex positive, mm-hmm. and uh, seems like it. <laughs> but like, oh, we went and we're all gonna do stand up, 
And let me tell you, it's uh, it's awkward doing stand up at a strip club. But it was. It Were was, they continuing their uh, no, performance they, whilst you? Which is almost worse because yeah, then you have I a bunch of guys worse. that are in there like shitty that you're taking the stage. You're, you're yeah. taking Honestly, the stage. Like, Why would they do that even? I like, think one of the guys in there was kind of like he didn't know. Did he not know that you were that Dyke was going to be a guy coming on there? <laughs> was there some misinterpretation? Like, oh, this will be good, and then it's like no. this asshole shows yeah. up. <laughs> no, they they definitely knew. How do we boost the mood after this sad stripper? <laughs> yes. Oh, comedy! Where's my guy that drove the church bus? Get him in here. <laughs> musicians and comedians yeah. it's just weird yeah. it's like if you're here for one thing and not the other it's like oh i don't know about that it was definitely weird but it was like what i was like how can i not pass this up and then like gwen was like super into and like i'll tell you what go to a strip club with gwen's uncle like i feel like i've worked in a strip club before and i didn't get the full experience mm-hmm. until i went with her she like she like does it right yeah I also ran out of money. <laughs> so like, that's what we that she did it right. Yeah, she had more money than I did. That's, I think, that's part of But what they would do is they would go stripper, uh, comic, stripper, comic, right? So bookended. And then, and so that oh. way guys wouldn't get too mad. And then, um, but then the the last was a, a, a woman who worked there who was already a stripper, and she decided she was going to do comedy for the first time. And while she, she was while like, she was stripping, she did both. <gasps> so she was like twirling upside down, uh, topless, and telling jokes. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Jesus it was like Christ. the coordination involved in that. Yeah. I was like, I could That's barely stand up and tell jokes. <laughs> but it was a, a, a pretty decent like set for somebody going out and doing it their first time. I mean, time honestly, and, if you're nervous yeah. about it and you're topless, I feel like that's at least a distraction. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty cool. Worth it, yeah. My what also say, comes with some built-in jokes, you know, like, hey, I'm upside down and naked. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You're you're really good at jokes, telling. <laughs> you're killing it. I don't know why you're not as famous as that girl. She seems like you really got it together. I'm going to be dancing around the shame pole later. Don't you worry. <laughs> it's just what you call your home, the shame pole. Was I, it, you're good. Oh, you was just like on a normal stage with a pole, but just a mic up there for you guys. Did you twirl around? So, so they have, they, the have mic they have three stages, two of which have poles and one didn't. So we were performing on the non-pole one. On the side stage. Yeah, on the side stage. Yeah, it was not top tier, let me yeah. tell you. I feel like my friends say I'm not allowed to go to strip club with them anymore. I like to I like to create a backstory that then I will stream of conscious say out loud to oh. my male friends as we're at the strip club. And apparently that ruins the mood. If you ask, like, what do you think her dad does? And do you think she has kids? Or Dude. should give her your money? I, I've been very few times to a strip club, but one time I did. It was the very first time I ever went. I was, I don't know, 21. But um, after getting a lap dance, she was talking to me about her kids during the break and then asked if I wanted another one. I was like, that's just, that's a, it's a whole different. It's a really good mar- <laughs> marketing <laughs> technique. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, she's got kids. She has to support. You're going to give her the money. That's true. I just did, you know. The fantasy collapsed on itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, I really thought you were a cowgirl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My first strip club was in, I went to college in Evansville, Indiana, um, and every single strip club I went to had at least one pregnant stripper, and not like a little bit pregnant, like very pregnant. Yeah. And so then I would just be like, give her all of your money. Everyone give her all of your money because yeah. she fucking deserves it. I, uh, yeah, the pregnant... 
I don't, look, I don't speak know. Speak on it. Yeah, speak what do you have to say? Speak loosely. Don't use your filters. Just let it out. No. This See, safe space. Here's safe, what I, here's safe. what I've learned in sobriety, Luke. Like I normally, <laughs> normally I would really dive would into out. that conversation and not really think about what I was going to say. Oh, we're not going to do that today. Uh, <laughs> will you drop a beat for me though, Sauce Boss? I'm gonna I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get out of this one unscathed. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. You're less fun, sober. Well, you're way smarter. <laughs> fool me seven times. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> Uh, Luke Basil, once again, where can everybody uh, follow your sauce and and keep up with what you're doing? Uh, Instagram's uh, Instagram's the best road on that two headed dog. Um, just kind of peddling it out of Union Jack Pub at the moment. Thanks. When are we having the sauce competition? The sauce off. The sauce off. I think I need some time to get my game together. He's sauce off. The sauce boss. I'm not ready. To, you gotta you gotta beat some of the level bosses before you go to the final <laughs> boss. <laughs> to the final boss. Yeah, I'm not a I'm yeah. not a level boss. I'm, I'm the final boss. Sauce I'm the big boss. boss. The big boss, the big boss. boss. Yeah. monster. I, I gotta got do this. county, then regional, <laughs> okay. then go to state okay. for. Okay, fair, fair, fair. We could do a, a thing on the show, and then Dyke can lose his third consecutive <laughs> competition <laughs> in the world. We don't really do competitions here anymore, Luke. Yeah. We were just all about collaboration. <laughs> we tried. Uh, we were told it's a competition, then we yeah. arrive with our killer shit. Yeah. And he's like, it's no, not really it's not the spirit of the show. We're about yeah. building people. Mm-hmm. We're about building each other up. something about community. all ships rising together. I don't know. Bridget, what you got? Oh, a plug. Um, <laughs> uh, I do Indie Urban Foodies. Uh, it's a virtual cooking class every Thursday. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or IndieUrbanFoodies.com. Um, we've got some fun stuff coming out. We just dropped all of our classes for March. Um, some super fun ones coming up. Uh, then you can follow Bakes by Bridge on Instagram for any of your specialty cake and dessert needs. And yeah. Actually, I want to uh, plug Chris's podcast, Snap. Yeah. An MCU this- podcast. I started listening to it because I started watching WandaVision. And he's uh, very, very knowledgeable. And you made your partner listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, I subjected people to it. Now he always he always states very clearly it's that funny. it's not funny. It's not a comedy podcast, which you guys yeah, know, no, you guys it's know. Not, you've heard Chris on yeah. he's not funny, so it's No, really it's good. not very funny. Okay. It is he's very knowledgeable. But it's uh So if you can make up for funny with knowledgeable Okay yeah. and like length. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. like if you instead of it not being like funny yeah. and, and yeah. short, that's if what it I would was, say. If it's not going to be funny, at least hopefully it's long. You've had a lot of knowledge <laughs> in it, and it, it went on for two to three hours. That's what I say all the time, you guys. If it's not going to be funny, at least it's going to be long. Yep. And that's what it was. So uh, check that out. <laughs> there, there it is, guys. If you want to support the show, and why wouldn't you? <laughs> Just go to patreon.com backslash harder brunch and. Uh, for only $3, you can sign up and get an additional bonus episode every week and be uh, entered for all kinds of events and fun stuff that we're doing. We'll be doing a lot of events and stuff this spring and summer. You guys are going to want to you're going to want to be on board. You're going to be one part of the team, one of Brunch Nation. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye.